0: You are now tuned into Almost 30 podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's Lindsay Simsek and Krista Williams. It's your girls. (laughs) We're so glad you're here. We know there's a lot of podcast choices out there, and it means so much that you choose Almost 30 as your destination for inspiration, for laughs, for a little bit of fun, a little bit of depth. I can tell we're recording in the morning. I was just going to (laughs) say.
1: Because we have our morning voices
0: (laughs) It's it's eight a.m. It's eight a.m. here in Los Angeles, and uh, you might be driving to your <laughs> place
1: of work. I yes. want you to think about one thing you're grateful for. Yes. <laughs> I want Holy you to think molly. about something that makes you smile. <laughs> I miss radio a little bit. We're radio. Uh-huh. Yeah, but we you, are radio. You know when you yeah. listen to radio, like when you were younger, and it was so
0: comforting in the car. Do you remember that? Like the personalities. My mom listened to Terry Gross. Growing oh, up, on I feel it. like my dad did. My too. mom was NPR all yes. day, and I used to sit. I used to make me sick, to be honest. <laughs> You're like, because <laughs> it was just talking. I don't know what about it, but being in the car with t- I would be like, sick. I'd be like, please, no. <laughs> my dad. She's like, I love Terry
1: was, Gross. Was NPR. My dad would listen, and it would be all maybe it wasn't NPR, and it was all crackly, and then are just like, and then the traffic, and then the this. And it was the
0: same freaking cycle. Oh, really? The whole ride. May I, I know, know NPR Fresh Air, and then there was um, so not that, bad. and then there was a game show. They actually had this game show that mm. I wish I could remember the name, but it was. And then they had this other car show. His name was Mike, and he did a car show, and it was, <laughs> I don't even know. Good job, NPR. <laughs> uh, honestly, <laughs> but yes, I remember that. So it is morning here in Los Angeles, and we're really excited about this episode. If you are from the Jenna Kutcher squad, welcome. Mm-hmm. She is even more delightful and incredible. And in person, I feel so inspired after being with her yesterday and having dinner and getting to spend one-on-one time together as friends. And I mean, I told Lindsay this morning, I'm like, we need to rewrite our whole- (laughs) Our dinner notes. Our whole ethos. (laughs) (laughs) I, I Honestly, I'm inspired by so many of our friends. And we're in this space where we're having inspiring conversations multiple times a week. But that one felt so good.
1: Yeah, there's- It was, to use the word we always use, it was very expanding and I I was inspired by the life she's built, the business she's built, but there was also this like quality of the way in which she was speaking about it and really owning it that was, I think, part of the magnetism. Yes. You know, where there was this ease with which she was talking about her success and her life and I just really appreciated that like openness Mm -hmm. and I appreciated the... Pride, you know, she's she's really proud, and I really, and in a way that is like lovely and like inspiring. I really, yeah, I love, I I love, I love her.
0: I think there was a a quality of satisfaction Mm. to her life and her work that I felt and feel so inspired by because I feel like as achievers and doers, Mm. you always think you're going to get to a place where you feel satisfied with the number, with the followers, with whatever it is. And she truly feels satisfied. Yeah, My perception is she feels satisfied and there's a satisfaction, satisfactional energy. And in our space, it's like, okay, now that you've done this, what about this? What about a course? What about this? What about all these things? And she's always done things in right time. Mm -hmm. And it feels like she would have a business that sustains and supports her life rather than Sacrificing her life for her business. Yes. Which is, that's the true feminine. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the perfect balance of the masculine and the feminine when we think about it. The perfect balance for her. There's no perfect balance. But I think we talk a lot about being in the feminine. How can we do that? And it seems really beautiful that she's made it work in this really unique way mm-hmm. for her, where she can have discernment, have boundaries, have her husband support her with mm-hmm. the family. But yet she has a balance within her team and business that feels really good and nurturing for her. It's powerful.
1: Yes. And even just to spend extra time with her, I just saw these little moments where I'm like, oh, this is how you stay connected to your family. You know, like she's still, she just had a baby, you know, and now she's doing a just a very quick trip of many interviews for her, for her new book coming out. But I was like, oh yeah, this is real. And not all of this is, and we know this, right? Not everything is on social media, but I'm like, wow, you know, it just... It takes intention, it takes coordination, it being as present as possible. I think she was putting Coco to bed at one point mm-hmm. while while she was here and I was like, wow, yeah, that really is a part of the whole thing, you mm-hmm. know, because if you can't do that, at least in her experience, she's like, if I can't do that, then why am I doing
0: this, yes. you know? Yes. And so many people say that mm-hmm. in interviews and just in life, they're like, if you're not enjoying life, then why are you doing it? But they get caught up themselves. Sure. And in it there. actually seemed very truthful about yes. the embodiment of that. So in following to our hangout in this conversation, Lindsay and I, and you're learning about this now. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to do this. I'm going to skip my flight. Yeah, gonna...
1: Lindsay's <laughs>
0: <laughs> moving, moving back in with me. And um, so, well, what I would like to do mm-hmm. is take out the pieces of our conversation and our hang in this interview with her. What do I find myself attracted to in the way that she shows up, in the way that she operates? Mm -hmm. What about how she lives her life do I find expansive? And what can I model for myself, or how can I move more closely to that? For me, it's her boundaries. Mm -hmm. And her boundaries are very, boundaries are all energy. It's actually, when you first start to learn boundaries, you're like, no, I'm sorry. I can't, it's like, you actually have to kind of, it becomes It's some, a reaction. It's a reaction. But eventually when you're in your energy so much, you understand that boundaries are actually very disenergetic mm-hmm. because if you have great boundaries, people won't even ask you for shit. They'll yes. understand their place and their space. So her boundaries are powerful, really beautiful. There's great discernment. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way in which she was, she says no to things. <laughs> I know. The things she was saying no to, I was like, <laughs> I know, honestly. <laughs> what? That's honestly. amazing. Honestly, and she would without fear. She would negotiate things so mm. smartly. Mm-hmm. You know, even she talks about this on the podcast, but for recording her audiobook, they were like, "Hey, we want to fly you out. You got to record your audiobook. Takes this long." She's like, "You know, that's not going to work. It's going to take too long for to be away from my kids." Figures out a solution, makes it work for her, mm-hmm. leverages her contacts, yes, and does it in less time. Mm-hmm. Like it's just crazy.
1: Yeah. It's it's very very expanding. I think for me too it was you know for looking at the business part where she allows what she's created to live and breathe, you know, and I guess yeah. you can call that evergreen, sure, the like the evergreen offerings, but I think there's more to that where she's created something she's really proud of, which we have done too, and It's allowing it to live out in the world and then go behind it and be strategic about the way in which we are sharing it on a consistent basis. And I think that for me was really inspiring because I do feel live launches are amazing and so fun. And the fact that we get to like really be with people is so valuable. But I also think the putting it out, taking it back, putting it out, taking it back. Sometimes that energy, I'm like, oh, I want, I'm curious about the letting the creation live and breathe out in the world. What will it do? Mm-hmm. Um, So that was really inspiring. And then just the way in which she is, I mean, outside of that, like just investing in things that matter to her, yeah. you know, whether it's properties or spaces. And she, I'm sure y'all know, she does Airbnb, a few properties and even just that, that doesn't have to be something we do, but it's more so like thinking outside of the box and like allowing her creative energy to be also there mm-hmm. in creating these spaces and then having passive income, which mm-hmm. is amazing.
0: Yeah. That kind of uh, Karina Dawn does that as well with mm-hmm. Tone and Up and that's really worked for her. And yeah, that's the feminine too, where you're making a home. Mm-hmm. You're you're making a home opportunity for other people. So yes. You guys will really love this episode. Um, it is such a joy and a delight. We talk a lot of passion and purpose. We talk a lot of boundaries saying no. We talk about her journey <clears throat> with motherhood in the book. We talked about body and her relationship to her body and body image. She's someone that I really love how open she shares. And I actually found her through the viral article mm-hmm. about Miss meet Mr. or six-pack husband or something. Yeah, Something <laughs> so ridiculous. So exists. Um <laughs> But you can find her on the Gold Digger podcast. You can find the book out now. It is out today. It is How Are You Really?
1: Yeah, it's an incredible book. I also loved hearing about the process of writing this book. She almost did it in reverse where she wrote the entire book. And it was one of those things where she's like, okay, well, I wrote it. So here it is. And so I think that also afforded her a little bit of room to kind of like just negotiate as far as like, editors and like who she really wanted. Yeah, I was really, really inspired by that as well. So How Are You Really is the book, as Krista said. If you're not following Jenna on Instagram, get to it at Jenna Kutcher. And she has all of her courses, programs, and more about her at jennakutcher.com.
0: Yes. All right. Thank you for tuning in to Almost 30. We have episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. We talk about spirituality, wellness, health, sometimes entrepreneurship, and we really just want to bring amazing content to you every single week. We have courses and programs, and we also help podcasters with Podcast Pro. You can go to almost30.com to find more information about us, blog posts, courses, programs, etc. Thank you all for listening. We will see you on the other side. We'll see you soon. Bye.
1: Summer is here, and I got to say, I want smooth, glowing skin. I'm going to be showing some skin, whether it's shorts or bathing suits, you know, swimsuit cover-ups, all the things. And there's nothing really better than when you see your skin glistening and super, super healthy in the sun's light. I got to tell you about the body oil that makes my skin glow like none other. It's the Andaria Algae Body Oil from Osea. It is rich, It is never greasy, which, you know, I found to be the case with other oils. It is luxurious and it smells unbelievable. It has like a sunny citrus and notes of sweet passion fruit. It's so good. I put it on after I shower. I'll put it on before I go out, maybe in some shorts or a little skirt. And I always get compliments, your legs, your arms are just so, so supple, And it's true. I really love the way it makes my skin feel and look. It helps to sweep away dead skin cells and hydrate for just really soft skin all summer long. So if you are looking for that body oil that doesn't, you know, leave your skin feeling like super slimy and gross and leave any residue, this one is for you, the Andaria Algae Body Oil from Osea. I love Osea products in general if you're looking to have a skincare line that is truly good for your skin, the skin loves it, try out Osea. So go to oseamalibu.com. You're going to get a special discount just for listening to our show. You get 10% off your first order site-wide with promo code almost 30. You'll also get free samples with every order, which I love. They always treat us right. And orders over $50 get free shipping. So you're going to want to go to OSEAMalibu.com. Promo code is ALMOST30. I'm so happy to be in person. Same. I was really, I this know. is our last interview for this trip. And yeah. I was like, oh man, what a way to, what a way to close it out. And just being, quote, internet friends for, mm-hmm. for quite some time and mm-hmm. being connected in that way and just admiring you. I'm like so
0: happy to yeah, be just jamming in person. My husband, I told him you're coming. He's like, oh, the homie.
2: Oh, the homie. I mean, yeah. and I was like, can we get nachos after these, <laughs> please? Yes, and we are. Yes, yes. But it was cute
0: because it's like, you know, sometimes yeah. with your parents, you're yeah. like, mom, it's Caitlin. You yeah. know Caitlin. Yeah. <laughs> and they sometimes, they have no idea who your friends are. Yes. He's like, oh, the homie. I was like, totally. Yes, we're in. We're in. <laughs> I was like, you know. <laughs> um, and the book, I'm so excited because we were mm-hmm. talking about our last interview, a little bit about the book writing process, but which I want to talk about. But there was a post you did the other day that felt like just so true to my heart about how strangers can support you more than people Mm. that are close to you. Can you talk a little bit about
2: that? Because I've experienced that in my life and so have you. Oh my gosh. I mean, I think we all do. And it's so interesting to me because even sometimes I have like family members Mm. who literally won't even ask me about my work or acknowledge my work. And we, Drew and I will sometimes have jokes about like, what are we going to talk about the weather and sports? Because it's… You know, we live in this day where I think we have more fear of what people who know us will think than people, strangers on the internet. And it's funny too, because I'm in this process where people are finally reading my book. And I feel so, like Drew texted me the other day. He hadn't even read it. And he was like, I'm reading your book. And I was like, I would way rather have like Cornelia read this book (laughs) than you. Yes. Because I'm like, oh, I like feel naked on the page. But it is interesting because the quote that you're talking about was on Instagram. And it was just saying that people who are strangers support you more because the people who know you see where you're going and they're still where they were, where you used to be. And I relate to that so much because I moved away from home for 12 years and then came back, and I never thought I would come back.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And I'm a different person. I mean, I hope we all would be in a decade, but it is really easy to feel like nobody's going to understand me. And do I even want to help them to understand me? Is it worth it? And so, yeah, it's tough.
0: I know, I wonder that too with family because. I always come up against that when I'm with them where we're kind of Midwest mm-hmm. peeps. And so you come up and you are, you're like, okay, we're going to talk about weather and sports and… Small talk. Small talk. And it's one of those things where you don't want to be like, I'm doing this. And I'm doing this. And don't you see me doing this? Because then that doesn't feel right. So it feels like you're abandoning yourself. But it's it's such a weird dynamic and I always feel like I'm being
2: an authentic. But I don't know how to be authentic in the moment. You with, know what hmm. I think it is? Yeah. Is that… The people who don't acknowledge it, they're watching. They're the mm-hmm. silent observers. Yes. They never comment. They never like, but they watch everything. Yes. And they think that everything you share is your entire life. They forget that like it's 60 seconds. It is one minute of my day. And so they think there's nothing to talk about. I know because I follow.
1: <laughs> hmm.
2: Which is so far from the truth. A 100%. And I also
1: think there's a feeling around, especially if it's close friends or family, mm-hmm. where they see, and I have this experience, so I'll speak from my experience of like sharing vulnerably or just sharing, right? Mm -hmm. Like sharing online and I haven't shared with them yet. Nothing crazy, but yes, where there's that feeling of, are we connected? Yes. And oh, why? And I just, and I realized that, especially in moving back and seeing my family a bit more and having that feedback or feeling with them where I'm like, oh, they think I either am one way and I'm not or they see this like life out in LA and they're like, "Hmm, okay, and she's sharing a lot and Mm -hmm. this is kind of weird and do we even know her? Yeah. And and it's somewhat true where like, I feel like I did need to reintroduce myself a little bit where I'm like, oh yeah, I am different. Mm -hmm. So are you and I would Mm -hmm. love to like get to know each other deeply and truthfully from this point, you know, rather than kind of guessing, Yeah. you know? Mm -hmm.
2: I mean, don't you feel like though, too, it's like I'm constantly meeting the newer version of myself? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Every day. Yeah. Yeah. Every single day. It's like scary. It's not scary,
0: but you're like, is it the moon? Is it my period? (laughs) (laughs) Is it COVID? (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Is it like my team? Is it my… It's like there's Mm -hmm. so many parts of the formula that make us different in every moment and make us change. And Mm -hmm. how do you find yourself with the new versions of you, like, how do you find yourself meeting those new versions? And what would you say the new version of you is like
2: today? Hmm. I welcome the evolution now. I used to resist change. And I think so many people can relate to that, but it's, it's wild because change means uncertainty. But guys, look at, we just survived two years of utter uncertainty. And hopefully we're coming out of it different people than we were when it started. But Change to me is like an invitation of like challenge and being stretched and evolution and contradiction and like all of these things. And it's really fascinating because I often think about like Drew and I have been married for almost 11 years and like we are totally different people than when we said those vows. And yet we both come home to ourselves over and over and over again and reestablish what that means. But we've also come back to each other every time. And it's like this like circling of like, oh, I am different than I was. Or I said I would never and now I am. And, you know, and so it's fascinating to me because it's like we all resist and avoid change, but like change is where we grow. And I'd rather Mm -hmm. be evolving than standing still. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
0: it's like, unless you love every single part of your life, then change should be welcome. You know, because… If you have parts where you're like, yeah, that could be better. It's like, then change is good. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. why don't we, our brains always go to the negative with change. So in relationship, how do you manage to do that? Is that a conversation? Like, how do you do the dance of evolving separately, but evolving together?
2: I mean, we have a lot of funny practices, but we recently joined this app. This is not sponsored. I cannot <laughs> wait. Um, And it's called Paired, okay. P-A-I-R-E-D. And Drew and I have never done any like formal marital counseling or anything mm. like that. Before we got married, we had to like sit down with the pastor and do our myers He's like, did you, do you watch porn? <laughs> yeah, it was like, okay. Um, but this app, so I, I've always joked that I like missed out on Tinder or like, yes. things. like, I'm like, I've been married since I was 23. Like I missed all of those things. And paired is like Tinder for married couples where it asks you one question a day and you cannot see the other person's response until you respond. So it's like- Drew responded, unlock his answer, but you have to answer first. So you don't know what they're saying. You can't say it. However, so like a funny example was I love that. I'm we done. got, yeah, you guys have to get it. It's amazing. I was like, can you please give me an affiliate code? Um, <laughs>
0: but your affiliate game, <laughs> <hitting my luck. laughs> I love Literally, I am anything you like, you're like affiliate. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, Respect. But um, like the other day, it was like, what is a question you've been meaning to ask your spouse but haven't made time for? Or how do you feel? Like this was a funny one, but it was like, how do you feel when you handle arguments via text? And Drew writes, "I hate it. Uh, why are we not talking in person?" And I write, "I love it. It gives me time to think about what I'm going to say and hit the backspace 800 times before I say something I regret." And I was like, "How have we been together for over a decade and like never processed how we like to argue? I mean, we don't argue that much. To so me, that's a good sign, yeah. but..." It's been actually a really good tool because I feel mm-hmm. like right now we are in the thick of mm-hmm. parenting. Like it couldn't be thicker than the thick. Mm-hmm. And if we're not careful, like we just talk about kids and maybe work mm-hmm. for a hot mm-hmm. minute, but we are just teammates in this like ping pong match of kids. And so it's been really cool for us to like have those prompts that then invite us to dive deeper without us being mm-hmm. like, how do you feel about our intimacy? Or like there's questions of, do you feel desired by your partner? And things like that where it's just like, oh, yeah, 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 we're humans. Then we're a couple. Then we're parents. And mm-hmm. that's been really helpful for us. Do you set aside time to kind of go deeper on the prompts? Some of them. Like some, like some of them, of them, them are a like, surface what and whatever. whatever? <laughs> and then like some of them I'm like, oh. Do you ever feel like Do you want me, oh, me to grab your butt a little bit more? Does that make uh, you feel more desired? Like, yes, well, like, you know what I mean? Yes. And so it's just like <laughs> we have fun with it, but it is That's like fun. a cool invitation of entering yes. conversations. And I'm like, and it's built by marriage counselors. So, anyways, plug for that app because it has been a really good tool of like five minutes a day and then go deeper if you want to. But I think it is very easy when you are in states of evolution or heavy seasons, mm. whether it's parenting or career or relational or whatever. You know, to come back to like discussions because it's like how often do you just coexist mm-hmm. with the people that are closest to you?
1: Mm-hmm. It's like that structure is really healthy, I feel like, for very unpredictable yes. seasons. How do you, on the flip side, you know, because I see you from afar, I'm like, oh my gosh, her systems, her like everything, oh, yeah. and her no, business, everything, which I'm sure it we'll get into. So yeah, And when you are... Giving birth, mm-hmm. you have a new being to take care of, and now two, and a family. Like, how do you go with the flow when yeah. you are so used to having these stru- structured mm-hmm. systems and
2: all of that? It all runs without me now. Yeah. I mean, I, I can. can. And I, I say that my with dream. so much confidence and love because I have built a business that supports my life and not mm-hmm. a life around my business, truly. Truly. You know, it's funny. So I'm in L.A. doing a bunch of interviews. And um, one of my friends yesterday, I was there and she's like, oh, stick around a while, you know, like go work up by the pool. And I said, I don't have any other work to do. And and she goes, grab your laptop. And I was like, I don't have it here. She was like, what? That's fascinating. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm just here. I'm like all here. I'm like all in. I'm like Mm -hmm. protecting my energy. And that is just how I operate. And of course, there are heavy seasons, Mm -hmm. but I do it at a pace that feels good. So this week, it's a grind. Next week, it's free. And I honor that pace. And yes, I can hustle. But that's not like the go-to. Yeah. What made you come to
0: that point? Because so many people are hustling. And Mm -hmm. they're like, okay, but I want to be as successful as you. Mm -hmm. How do I get there by having that balance? You know, Mm -hmm. is there a period of hustle that's necessary? Like, what was your journey to that?
2: Yeah. So in the book, I share a couple different stories around this because right now I feel like female entrepreneurs are facing two camps. I want to know if you guys agree Mm because actually this is really a good conversation for the three of us. So I feel like in a polarizing world where everyone is like, which side are you on? we feel like there are two sides. There's the manifestation side, the woo side, and there's the hustle side, the work mm. side. Yeah. And my editor, when she chose my book and said, like, I want to do this with you— I asked her why, why this book, why me? And she goes, I just feel like there are two camps that are only being displayed in entrepreneurship and you are where the woo meets the work. Mm -hmm. You live in a space where you like hold visions and cast visions, but you're also willing to work towards them. Mm -hmm. And I think that, for so many women, they're like, I've got to pick one side and go all in. I mean, Mm -hmm. as a mom, it's like, do you do baby led weaning or do you do puree? You only choose one. There's only one way (laughs) and you are wrong whichever one you choose. And it's like, life does not have to be like that. Mm -hmm. And so honestly, Krista, I think that the way that I got here was through my losses and through these wake-up calls and signals of like, you're building something that's not serving you. And what are you going to do? And like, what kind of mom do you want to be? And how are you going to build something that supports that? And what does that look like? And I am so proud of the business i built, not for any other reason than the fact that like, it gives me my life Mm -hmm. and I live my life. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. Yeah, truly, truly inspiring for us. I'm wondering if you had any like fears stepping into your your like embodying who you are mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. Was, was there anything holding you back any stories you kind of had to reprogram or cobwebs you had to clean out
2: have you guys ever been like at a conference and there's some men sitting in the front row and like taking word for word notes like they are desperately seeking mm-hmm. the answer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like they paid their money and they want you yes. to teach them exactly what to do yes, yes. I feel like at the beginning of my journey, I felt a lot like that, where I was like, I will be the best student and you just Mm. tell me what to do and you say jump and I say how high and I go. And I think a lot of people do that and it pulls you further away from your intuition and it also pulls you further away from your mission. And hustle culture and also just too, like how people define success is so different. And yet like we all kind of Picture the same thing of what it should look like. And so I think the only times where I really faced like fears or things was like when I was running off of someone else's definition. Mm -hmm. And then I arrive in a moment and I'm like, I thought this would feel different. This doesn't feel good or this isn't what I wanted or like I somehow got off course and need to find my way back. So it's been kind of this. Journey. And I, I really do think that I learned it young because it's like I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm 34, but I feel like I've been living this intentionally of what does my gut tell me? Or like, does this fit with what I want? Because there are so many people, and I like, I'm surrounded by just like brilliant human beings where they're like, you should go speak on stages, or like, you could do this, or like, yeah. could do those things. <laughs> but I, don't really want to. Um, And so it's like listening to that and being unapologetic Mm. and like saying, that's not for me. Like, thank you. That's sweet. But like, "Hmm, not for me. I feel like that's made you more
0: magnetic. Yes. That is hard to get. Yeah, it is hard to get. I I know, I like it. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's magnetic. (laughs) I'm like, I I need to take no And (laughs) just that
1: discernment, I think is so powerful because I think that's what stops or paralyzes people because there's so many Uh, ways in which you can express. There's so many Mm -hmm. ways in which you can be successful, make money, Mm -hmm. do whatever. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel, I'm like, the menu is so big. This is a cheesecake factory. Like, I don't know what to have. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. But to know thyself, to know kind of like what feels really good and to know what really is aligned with the life that you want to live. Yeah. You know, I think that's like what I'm taking away from that. That's really important.
0: Yeah. I think too, when you talk about like, how do you define success is so important. Mm, And I think so many people are working and so many women specifically
2: are working and they're doing the things. And I don't know if they know why. I agree. You know? And I also fear that they'll arrive, it's not going to feel good. And then they're going to lose their ability to trust themselves to make the next decision right? Because it's like, how many times are we almost out there in pursuit to prove ourselves wrong? Mm. And so it's like, oh, I thought I wanted the corner office and the high heels and the power suits, but I really like sweatpants and my feet don't fit into high heels. But I've already invested this much or I've already said this or I've already told people this is what I'm going to go after. So if I don't do it, I'm going to be a failure. And it's like, we're working off of other people's maps. And there's a line in the book that says like, Sometimes other people's directions aren't going to help you reach your destination. And in a world that has an excess of information out there and an excess of opinions, it's really easy for us to say, like, give me your map, give me your Mm map. But what if our destinations are so totally different? Like, what I have done is not going to lead you to the same space. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: And you don't want to be in the same
2: space. And
0: that's what's hard is that social media makes us all kind of curate to the same solution and same space. Yep. But you talked about something so important. I think this is part of your discernment is how do you protect your energy?
2: Mm. Because yeah. now with
0: kids, it's even more important. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: You know, it's fascinating. So I'm here in LA and last night I was up at three in the morning and Coco started sleeping in a big girl bed, but she's also started having dreams, which is fantastic fascinating. Wait, this is wow. my favorite. Yeah, so three years old, and she's never she's had dreams. She's three? Yeah. I can't believe she's three, honestly. i remember when oh. she was born. I know. Isn't that weird? Wow. Yeah. But she started having dreams, which means she's like waking up in the middle of the night, which isn't normal for her. And so last night at 3 a.m., I had her monitor on the nightstand in the hotel, and I can hear her saying, Mommy, Mommy, show me how to do it. And she's telling me to show her how to breathe. And so I'm literally saying, smell the flowers, blow out the candles. And I repeated that on a loop. I was like, I need to like record this and like (laughs) figure out how to do this. So I'm not literally sitting there for an hour, literally an hour straight. And it was fascinating because I feel like as someone who lives in integrity and stuff, I'm like, this is where my energy needs to go right now. I know I have a busy day tomorrow. But like, this is where, like, I was so tempted to be like, I'm booking a flight home, baby. I'll Mm -hmm. see you in the morning. But, you know, it's fascinating because I am experiencing this season of like, everything feels really full. And it's full in not a bad way, but like Mm -hmm. stretched. And I'm only stretched because I love all the things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so it's like, there's so much love. I love being a mom and I love the work I do. And I love this book. And like, how do I balance all the love? And I think that feels overwhelming Mm. at times. But when it comes to staying in alignment and like working off of my own definition of success, it's not like, what is it supposed to look like? It's like, how is it supposed to feel? Mm -hmm. And it's been really unique because I've never launched a book before. And let me tell you, it's a lot of work, Mm -hmm. but I am doing it in a way that is so aligned with how I work, what I'm willing to do, what I'm not willing to do. And wherever it lands and however it does, Mm -hmm. It's not up to me anymore. I'm releasing it. There's a reason it's called a book release. You release it into the world and it ends up where it's meant to. Yeah. What makes this book
1: launch like really unique to what feels aligned to you?
2: Because everyone has these ideas on what you got to do to sell books. <laughs> yes. And it's no, like, no. you got to have a three-day event. And yes. I'm like, nope. And you got to go on a book tour in 20 cities. Nope. And, you know, and so it's like fascinating to me because I really went in with my eyes wide open and said, there are things I'm willing to do and there are things I'm not willing to do. And I will only be away from my family X amount of days, which is literally like six total. Mm -hmm. And I will say yes to certain opportunities. But if I say no, it's not a reflection of me not thinking it's worthy. It's me just saying no because I'm at my bandwidth. Mm -hmm. So... It's fascinating though, because the book world is weird,
0: weird, I and mean, weird. That's why I think it's kept me from the process, because I feel like you hear so much about it, and you're like, "Huh?" It's wild though. How wild. much? I loved it.
2: Okay, the the same. What do you mean? Process. Yeah, okay. but
0: you're so like, I could see you being like this is my outline. This is how yeah. we, you know
2: what I mean? And just being like, I was so very structured. Oh, my and editor was like, oh, you actually make deadlines. Cause I was like, <laughs> it will be to you by 1231 midnight. And it was like 1231 at 1059 PM. And I was like, yeah, she's, you're like, are you done with that edit? Oh, literally. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> yes. I mean, so I wouldn't recommend birthing a baby and like turning in your book within 10 days of each other because I was like, I literally met, every single deadline that I set. But then there's parts of the process where like other people weren't meeting the deadline. And I was like, I have the ultimate deadline that is about to come (laughs) through my body. So we've got to keep it up. But it's wild because, I mean, I can't wait for you guys to write a book. But I always said like, I will never do this. I will never do it. Mm. And it is the hardest I've ever worked on anything. The most like love and energy I've ever given anything. And I've done it all behind the scenes without anyone reading, knowing anything, like without any feedback, because I was very set on like, this is my story. So I did everything backwards. I wrote the entire manuscript by myself without a deal, agent, nothing. I didn't even enter into the world of books because I was like, I just want to write this for me. And like, even if nobody ever touches it, sees it, gives a five-star review or whatever— this is my story.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And not even just my story, but like these are the things I want to pass on. Like I just really pictured my daughters reading it someday. Yeah, I did everything backwards because I feel like the minute money and deadlines get involved, my creativity is skull Yeah,
1: I really love that backwards because yeah. I've been thinking about that with, with our process and I'm like, oh man, like it just feels like it doesn't allow for, because when I think of writing, I'm like, you got to just let it all out. Yeah. And then you kind of clean it up. lean it out and edit it back. And yep. so I really, I really love that. It's so fascinating that you gave birth during that time and just <laughs> that like birth of two mm-hmm. things. Yes. And how do you feel like the, just those two things happening at once really influenced the other?
2: Yeah. Well, it, one, gave me deadlines because I feel like we would just keep editing mm-hmm. yeah, and editing and editing. At some point, you've got to just release it. Yeah. Yes. So that was really wonderful. It was funny because I felt this guilt because I didn't even know if the baby in my belly was a boy or a girl. So I'm like writing the book and there's all these stories about Coco. And I was like, by the time this book comes out, this child is going to be like seven months old. And yet she's not even mentioned in the book. <laughs> and so that was like really weird because like as a mom, I was yeah. like, do I say like to my girls, is it a girl and a boy? Is it children? I don't oh. even know. Um, but someone on my team said this and I, I loved it. And they were like, as the baby's heartbeat grew stronger, so did yours throughout this process. And there was so what? much, I mean, they say to that, like writing a book is like birthing a baby. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I did them both at the same time. Yes. But it really is because it's like you're being stretched and you're being challenged mm. and you're like, it, I I, lo- I loved every bit of it. Like I am like, everyone go write your book because <laughs> ah, I mean, here's the thing. And this is what I've really kept close to me. And this is why I think I have good boundaries around this process is because it is not my life's work, but it is a very important piece mm. of the work in my life. Mm. And I think it's really easy for authors to like, you know, you get to the end of this marathon of like working on a project for two plus years. And you're like, oh, this has got to just crush it. But it's like, no, this is just a really important piece of the work in my life. Mm-hmm. And I love that.
0: Mm-hmm. How do
2: you, you have such, it's like your perspective is so beyond your years. I know. I think I'm a very old soul. Yeah, yeah very, you
0: are. Very Have you ever
2: done a reading or anything? Yes and no. So my mom actually was just telling a story. I was asking my mom, I was like, Someone on my Instagram messaged me about Coco, and they were like, we've been watching her, and they were saying, they're like, we think she might be a gifted child. And I was like, well, every mom thinks their child is <laughs> gifted. I so love when you get tons of messages, and you're like— let me read this one. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was like, ruffle my feathers more. Tell me about my gifted child. But she is very like she intuitive. is very wise mm-hmm. and like intuitive. Like she would be like two and a half, and Drew and I would do a date night, and we'd come back the next morning, so literally twelve hours later, and she'd say, "How was your date? What did you eat? What did you do?" She, and gosh. like it's like when you has, said she's three, I was yeah. like. Well, she has this like spirit about her that does feel really old. And so I called my mom up. I was like, do you think Coco is gifted? <laughs> <I love that. laughs> and my mom was like, well, I mean, like, yeah, yes. but and she's like, but you were like that. And she's like, mm-hmm. I remember having a Christmas party with my girlfriends and you were literally like seven years old and like sitting at the table and like, so tell me about your family conversations <laughs> was, with, with these with women. That. Yeah. And my mom was like, I remember people were kind of like, what is this child? You know, like, (laughs) what is this? And I think I've always been like that. And so it is funny because I feel like I do just have this confidence that is a part of who I am. Otherworldly. But it's also because I just work out of alignment. I am such a person where I'm Mm -hmm. like, if this is no longer like my methodology or if I'm about to contradict myself, so be it because it doesn't feel good anymore. And so that's kind of how I've worked through it. But the book process has been the same way where I'm like, if I'm going to do this thing, I am committing to doing it my way every step of the way. Like we had to record the audiobook, and my publisher was like, we need you to leave your city for like five days. It takes three days to record, a day in, a day out. And I was like, no. And then I was like, well, I'm not just going to leave them with a no. I was like, let me figure out a solution. So my neighbor, Mary, I call up Mary and I say, Mary, she What's runs up? the radio station in Duluth, Minnesota. Oh. And I say, tell me that you have a room that I can record an audiobook book. And she goes, oh yeah, we can figure this out. And I go, tell me how much it's going to cost. And she goes, just buy us happy hour. And I was like, all right. So then my cousin is a DJ <laughs> in, in just, Duluth, oh, Minnesota. Real. Yeah. And he becomes my sound engineer. So I'm reading my book to like my 50-something divorced cousin. (laughs) And I knock it out in two and a half days and I'm home with my babies at night and It was just proof of me, like, leaning into the mission of, yes, this is how you've done things, but, like, let's figure it out in a way that, like, I will live out the words of these pages until my last breath. So, Mm -hmm. like, let me stay in alignment with that. So, yeah, it's it's just been an interesting process. But But it's important. (laughs) Once you have clarity on what
0: your mission is Mm -hmm. and what you want from life, then
2: you just work from there.
0: Yeah. And also, I think a lot of people get stuck on that, where it's like, oh, I have to go to this yeah,
2: because they're telling me that this is the way, so this is just the way. And I will never just say no to someone. Like, I'm like, let me just figure this out. Let me make a few phone calls. So the lady that was editing it, she's like, it sounds like you live in Mayberry. Because I was like, oh, my brother's office is across the street. And I got pizza at the place that catered our wedding 10 years ago for lunch. And <laughs> like, I was just like, it is Mayberry. I mean, it was just a really funny I freaking, thing. I freaking, And to wait, be in I'm your sure home that.
0: is like special yeah, too. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I got to like even say in the audiobook produced in Duluth, Minnesota. And I was like, just that line alone wow. and like shouting yeah. out Mary and my cousin like right there. It's all (laughs) freaking love. How does that
1: alignment translate to how you lead your team?
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's a great question. So we are the most boundary rich organization I've ever come across in terms of entrepreneurship. And I say that with so much pride. I have people like applying to work for us all the time, not because it's like cushy or there's a ping pong table in an office room because there are none of those things. We don't even have an office. But because I really respect that I want a life. And so, so does my team. So anything that I want for myself, my team gets. Like I am not the person that's like, I built this from the ground up and I will reap all the rewards. It is like if I want to be with my child in the morning and that's my priority, like I will not check Slack until 10 a.m. We have rules around things like you cannot use your cell phones for work. So mm-hmm. like your cell phone is your personal device and I will never reach out to it to take you out of your life because mm-hmm. I have recognized that like I'm in a moment mm-hmm. with my kid and if my Apple Watch goes off and it's something work-related, it pulls me out of that moment of living. Yeah, And so there's just like really thick boundaries there. But I also think that my team just really respects me because I will get in the trenches any day of the week. I've played every role at some point in my own company. And I also really appreciate my team. There's a, there's a chapter in the book where it's like one plus one equals a million. And... It's talking about how anyone that says they're self-made is just full of it. Because Mm-mm. I recognized, specifically after I had Coco, when I couldn't do it all, that like my job is the visionary and my team are the missionaries. They are the ones like living out the mission and helping me, whether it's through copy or production or support or whatever that looks like. And my team is so incredible. And they have been with me, I mean, through every evolution. Mm -hmm. Like, my team stays, no Uh one leaves. And I think it's beautiful. And I was actually in the Uber on the way here. I had sent a voice note because I love voice notes. Same. To my integrator. And I just said, Hey, I am like MIA this week, but I want you to know I see every moving part. And if I'm not able to express it or acknowledge it, I just want you to know that because things feel easy for me, I know it's a reflection of you. Mm -hmm. And the Uber guy, kind of looks in the rearview mirror and like smiles at me. And he was like, that was a really nice message. <gasps> and it's just like, I just want people to feel loved and fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And I want them to feel creative. And a lot of my team has side hustles or side mm-hmm. passions. And I encourage that. I'm like, the more you feel fulfilled in your life, mm-hmm. the more you're going to show up in your work. And so, yeah, it's been interesting. But I never thought I'd be a boss. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, can somebody take me to boss school? Because like, I don't
1: know. 100%. I don't know what to do here. I'm doing a great job. I mean, just by that, I feel like… Managing people is such a—it's a self-study. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh yeah, it's just putting the mirror up to you and it's what you're saying. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, the self-study vibe is like
0: real. I think with your with motherhood and having the second babe, like what has that felt like? Because it's a totally different ball game. Totally different from one. Like,
2: yeah. it's wild. Well, first off, I have the easiest babies. And I say this with like, I blessed assurance. Thank you, Jesus, Mm -hmm. because Quinn is the easiest, happiest. Oh, she's just like this little ray of sunshine. But here is the thing: I feel like my children have these souls that like are just so evident, even when they're in my womb. Isn't it weird? It's. Crazy. It's so
0: weird because when you're younger, you're like nature or nurture. Yeah. And when you
2: get older, you're like, nature. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and it's bananas because I just feel like she is just this easygoing, like she's a kind of kid. Sometimes we'll like lay her down and like, oh yeah, she's in the room. Uh, and you'll like go yes, you'll go know, up and look at her and she'll just light up like hi, I'm here. <gasps> and she's just like the mm-hmm. most uh I mean, she just has this spirit about her. Both of my kids do. Two has been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do I say this? The baby is the easy one because I've been through it yeah. now. Toddler, everything's new. Mm. And Coco is a feeler. Like, oh, man, she just, she is, mm. she is very emotionally intelligent and mm. like very aware. And like, mommy, let's talk about feelings. It's like, all right, let's do it. Wow. Let's sit down and do this. You start to see these things where you're like, you are a human and you are going to do what you want. And you feel a certain way. And I cut your banana the wrong way. And I am so sorry. (laughs) And yet it's beautiful. And I think the biggest challenge is constantly remembering like Drew and I, we are on the same team. We want Mm -hmm. the same thing. We are doubles in a tennis match, not opponents. And so… That, I think, has been the greatest challenge in this season because we parent differently. Mm-hmm. I set different boundaries than he does. And the other piece of that is that I'm such a hands-on mom that it's like when things get busier, it's like, I love you, but like, I can't run in for nap time today or and things like that. And so that has been a little trickier because I want to be available all the time, but different seasons call for different boundaries and what that looks like. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, I love your thing.
0: You did a story about how twos were, were challenging. Oh, yeah. You're like, yeah. especially with two when you're a conscious parent. You're like, I know you're I'm listening s- to everything so I'm saying, conscious. and I know you're. It's kind of like fucks you a little bit because uh, <laughs> you're so conscious. You're like,
2: I'm way too awake yes. to all of this, and I'm yes. like, Am I ruining you? Like, yes. I'm like, you're Like, okay. am I empowering you or traumatizing? Uh, you? I I'm know. Like, <laughs> like one night, <laughs> she was just fighting bed, and I literally started crying because I was just like. She was Mm. in this moment where it was just like she was feeling so many things. And she said, I don't like you. And I was like, even when you don't like me, I love you. I love you. And I'm here and I'm not leaving. And it's crazy because I started crying. because I was just Mm. like, I'm so overwhelmed right now. Mm. I don't know what to do. And she grabbed my face with her hands and she goes, Mommy, I will never leave you. You are safe. It's okay to be sad. And I recognized that she was literally repeating the things that I said to her. Yeah. Where I was like, "Whoa, you are literally being a mirror." And then she started starts going, "Rudolph the Red Nose," <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, all right, here we are." But it was like it was crazy because I think a lot of times as a parent, you're like, "Are they? Am I getting through to yes. this? Yes. Uh, and there are all of these glimpses of like yes. I've repeated this to her, like when she's having a tantrum, like I'm not leaving you. You're not in trouble. You're safe. You can feel mm-hmm. your feelings. And so then it was wild when I was overwhelmed and crying where she was like grabbed my face and was like, I'm right here. Wow. And I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. child. Think too. It's like finding the human balance of like, you are not responsible for my feelings, but it is okay yeah. that I am a human as well. And I want you to see that like yes. I freaking struggle too. So, yes,
1: yes. I the think balance. that's important. It's wild. I think that's really important. I can,
2: I cannot. <laughs> it's so <summer laughs>
0: <laughs> to get a, a delight. <laughs> They're
1: going to be like,
2: "Oh Lord!"
1: How do you, with different parenting styles, like how have you found that compromise, or how have you found that middle yeah. ground where you both feel, yeah, solid, yeah. just as a parent and what the other one's doing, and can you I know, report
2: back when I. No, I'm just kidding. yeah. I know. Right. I can imagine it's an ongoing
1: process. I think the
2: hardest thing is that Drew. And here's the best part about this is like he freaking loves the girls so much that he doesn't ever want to disappoint them. Mm-hmm. And so like his love for them has been a lot of times like giving them what they want. And like Coco is a master, master negotiator. <laughs> mm. Mommy, I want to five it. books tonight. And I'm like, three. And she's like, four. And then I'm like, mm, maybe four. Six? It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, Six. And so the the struggle has been in unpacking like what it is in Drew sometimes that says you can't set the boundary. Because mm. I think that he confuses boundaries with disappointment, which hi, we all have done that. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, there's a line in the book that says like, boundaries don't keep things and people out. It keeps us in our lives. Boundaries are actually like the gatekeeper to keeping us living and like present. And that's been our like biggest challenge is like, she can just like push and push and push where I'm like the one. And I think what's been hard about it is it's like, I already feel guilt in being the working parent So I want to be the fun one. I want to be the yes one. And then when I come home and I'm like, boundaries, 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 like we need structure. We need to create these. I am already dealing with the guilt. So then when I'm Mm -hmm. implementing the boundaries and then when the kid is saying, I don't like you, but I know that they need the boundary, it's, oh my Lord. So I think that's really been our struggle. And honestly, I think a lot of it is generational and a lot Mm -hmm. of it is like unpacking. What is it that makes you afraid to disappoint? Totally. Or what is it that yeah. makes you afraid to have her not like you, knowing that she still loves you? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's been interesting. And the funny thing is, is whenever I get frustrated, I'm like, he does it because he loves her oh my so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, if I that's the greatest complaint. Yes. yes. That would
0: be, Justin, my husband, would be like that. Like, yeah. even the, the cats, our, our babies, the yeah. cats, <laughs> will come into bed and I'm like,
2: No, like, no. one
0: morning I was like, <laughs> they're getting your face in me. I'm like, shh. Yeah, He's like, don't do that. Girl. He literally, I was like, shh. And he's like, don't shh her. <laughs> <laughs> and then Aww. literally a week later, he goes, shh. I'm like, <laughs>
2: there you go. There you go. <laughs> I was like, we need that boundary
0: for sleep. Yes. Something that I just admire you so much for and appreciate so much about you is the open dialogue about body mm. and your body journey. And I know that being a new mom, that's a whole vibe. What has that vibe. felt like?
2: Yeah, It's funny because when I wrote the book initially, it was a business book, which is wild. I mean, what has come out of it is absolutely not a business book. But when I decided to include stuff about body image, it was because I recognized that how we feel about ourselves and the skin that we're in and what we believe about ourselves impacts how we show up in every aspect of our life whether it's relational, Mm -hmm. career, whether it's like signing ourselves up for the race or disqualifying ourselves before it's even begun. And it's so fascinating to me because I've come a really long way in my journey with my body that I honestly don't give it much thought anymore. And I say that with like grace. Like I'm so focused, like right now I'm on a big like health kick in that like I want to feel vibrant. I want to be alive. I want to like have the energy to do these things in the way I want to do them. But at the same point, I don't stand in front of a mirror and like pick myself apart anymore. And I don't, if something doesn't fit me, I don't blame my body. I blame the thing. Mm -hmm. And so when I wrote the chapters about body image, it felt so relevant because Mm -hmm. I'm like, so many women refuse to record the Instagram story Mm -hmm. or show the picture. Or sign up for the job or get on the dating app or like whatever right. that is because of what they believe about their body. And there's a line in the book that says, like, our bodies are our personalities, Tupperware. Like, they are just <laughs> our meat suit, like the shell <laughs> that is yes. housing your heart and your soul. They are so much less than we fixate on them. Like how much of our lives, how much time have we focused on what we hate about ourselves, what we want to change, why we aren't enough, why we don't work. And it's like we are wasting our lives Mm -hmm. focusing on things that really don't disqualify ourselves from our dreams. Yeah, it's like the
0: best way to take power from women. Absolutely. It's just have us constantly living our lives, working on fixing this thing that will never be fixed. Mm -hmm. It's just constant. Yeah, I think about that with even my journey. I'm like, oh my God, how much time and energy was spent Mm -hmm. just thinking about it and counting and planning and all of that is just so exhausting. And so many women struggle with that. I think it's been fascinating In our journey, Jamie Lynn Kerna, you know, we ended up talking a lot about body in our interview with her. And it's just fascinating someone that that success and that level, you, anybody that we know, no matter their success level or no matter what they do, how visible or not visible they are, they struggle. Oh, yeah. And it's just crazy.
2: I feel like I've leveraged something that used to be an insecurity to be like my greatest asset, Mm -hmm. which is fascinating because have you guys ever had like an insecurity and you want to call it out before someone else can weaponize it against you? Yes. Like where you're like, I know my nose is funny. You're like, I know I got a chin here. Like I know, you know, Yes. sometimes we're like so afraid to be called out on these Mm -hmm. things that guess what? No one is paying attention to. That we almost use it as like a crutch of like, hey guys, I know I'm this way, so you can't say that so that I feel like crap. I'm aware. It's been really interesting doing interviews and like the men all bring up the body thing and it's with you. Yeah. Well, Well, and it's funny, like how they hear that. It's funny how they (laughs) try to word it. And so sometimes I'm like, Okay, your audience is going to like look me up and be like, what are we talking about here? Mm -hmm. I mean, I truly believe that because I'm like, I am a normal person person with a very normal body that's (laughs) That's why it's like
0: even when i did body episodes it was hard for me to talk about because i'm like now you're going to be like what is she talking about yeah or like like they'll mm -hmm. say like what
2: you you can't talk you're like Mm -hmm. you're not curvy you don't qualify for curve and you're not plus size but you're also not straight size and you're like and it's like why are we still categorizing (laughs) that's part of the problem (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's fascinating but yeah i really love that i included a lot of dialogue about body and my journey with my body because I want women to see that it's like stop waiting for your body to be perfect and stop trying to separate your mind and your soul from your body. I just feel like I can show up holy meat in the skin I'm in and I like don't give much thought. Like I give the same amount of thought to my body as I do like my brain.
1: I'm not a mother yet, but I can imagine that that initiation also just allows you to see your body yeah. in a completely different way. It's, yeah, it's like seeing the power of the body, the transformation, yes. the just
2: it resilience. created the resilience. Yes. It created a
1: being. It's just I know we hear it, but then when you experience it, I can yeah. imagine it's just
2: well. And it's funny too how we like talk to Coco has really helped me transform, like. Food makes you strong. These foods mm. help you see better. This helps your hair grow. Mm. Oh my goodness, when you rest, your body is growing and stretching, you know, and like, look at how mm. strong you are. And when she toots, we're like, your belly's talking. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, it's just funny. And I like often think about, there's a story about how the first time I became aware of my body was when I was eight and a boy pointed out my leg hair. Oh my God, And I went home and I like asked my parents, can I shave my legs? Mm. And my parents were like, you are eight years old. No. And guess what? I did it anyways. Mm. And I think about, and I've, I've pulled my Instagram audience multiple times on this. Like, do you remember the first time you like suddenly became aware of your body? As in, it's not just like the thing that you go down the slide with, but like, it's a thing and it's not quote, correct. And I mean, it's devastating to see the age. And I think it's only getting younger, to be honest. And that story was about how, like, I vowed to wear pants no matter the temperature of the room. And I, my mom, bless her heart, was angry at me for, like, going against her wishes, but then taught me, like, here's how to shave your legs without making a battlefield of cuts, because there's so many things in our lives that we're going to be told are wrong or different. And I think about my children, and there was actually a story that got cut from the book, and I, I, I'm reading it on my podcast because I loved it, and I almost fought for it, but at the last minute, I was like, let's just remove it, but. It was about Coco and her mole. And like she, when she was two, she like kept licking her finger, trying to wipe a mole off her Mm. arm. And I was like, baby, this is your special spot. This makes you unique. I love your spots. Like I want to count them every day. I thought I was having this really profound parenting moment. And then she said like pancakes or something. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And (laughs) And then the next day I went to wake her up and she started kissing that spot. And Mm. she started kissing the spots on my body. And I realized, whoa, like what we are told to believe about ourselves like sinks really deep. Mm -hmm. And so it makes me think about like, what are we told and what are we consuming and how does that make us feel? And if she can change her mind in a day, why can't we change our mind in a week or a month Mm -hmm. or a year? And so I think Mm -hmm. we're all on that journey. Mm -hmm.
1: Did you know that the drugs we take to manage period cramps were invented in the 1950s and exclusively tested on men? <laughs> what? It's literally outrageous that there hasn't been more innovation when it comes to periods. DeLune is changing that with dietitian formulated solutions that relieve our symptoms while actually supporting cycle health. Side note question, just on consumption and kids, like, yeah. do you have, like, a boundary around that or just kind of a thought around that? I totally was
2: like, we will never give our kids screens. And now I'm like, <laughs> would you like to watch Luca today? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're like, Coco uh, yeah, We don't do that one. Um, uh, yeah, You're like, Coco is, is actually on TikTok. Yeah, she is famous. Oh, God, no. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I think there are a lot of ideals in parenting. Every time I I say anything, there's reality. Yeah, it's like be ready to contradict yourself. There's literally like things where it was like in the book where it's like, my child will not eat GMO food. And then it was like, here, would you like a mum mum? Where I was like, chalk that up is another thing I didn't know. Um, But we absolutely have boundaries. So like she gets to watch PBS. Like PBS is so wholesome. Like the other day when she was struggling with sleep, I was like, Daniel Tiger, where are you? Where is your episode about sleeping? Because she'll sing the songs like that when you're sick, rest is best, rest is best. And I was like, thank you, Daniel, for that beautiful (laughs) moment. Um, And so there are absolute tools and stuff and like we're really cautious about what she watches like we don't allow like scary parts Mm -hmm. in movies and like some things like that I'm like oh my gosh we will go as long as we possibly ever can without her having a phone like I was 16 so I'm gonna hold that over her Mm -hmm. and I'm also gonna try to find parents that also hold that boundary so that it's not like my friends will have this but she's in a Montessori school and we have not had the traditional parenting experience because of COVID. So like mm-hmm. we have not gotten to meet other parents or like visit our classroom or things. And so things are finally opening up and we got to go in her classroom and we were just kind of asking them and the teacher of the middle school, we we're talking to the middle school, because we're like, how does this work? And she goes, if kids have a question, they have to look it up in the encyclopedias and they have to like show me that they looked for it. And if they can't find it after 10 minutes or if it doesn't exist there, then they can search on the computer. And I was like, oh, I freaking love that because it is a tool mm-hmm. and it's going to be a part of our lives and we can't avoid it. And sometimes I'm like, I don't want her on a screen and here I am on a screen. And so, yeah, it is fascinating. But yeah, there are a lot of things. What's the like, beef hmm. with Coco Melon? Well, so Coco Melon, okay. Is there hear? drama? Do you want to hear? <laughs> yes, I, I sort of figured. Okay. So here's the thing with Coco Melon. <laughs> yes. Okay. So let's look at it from a business standpoint. Okay. So they like sold it for like, I don't know, a billion dollars. Don't quote me on this. We should fact check mm-hmm. this. But, Jamie? Um, yeah right. Where's Jamie? Uh, But it was sold because they have ads in it. Now here's what happens: is is Coco Melon is overstimulating to get children addicted to it. So if you watch it, the noises sound like an arcade, and the way that it is shot is visually raising like dopamine levels in children, literally mm. to create addiction in them. And there's actually been studies, so this is not just like my parenting Yeah, it's not a cartoon,
1: it's like a… It's a cartoon. It is,
2: but yeah, it's like an animated thing, and it's like they have gamified this show where kids literally get addicted to it, where they can't be in a still room because they're so used to being overstimulated. And she's actually never watched the show, mm-hmm. but I saw that like in an article. And it's like, of course, if I don't already have enough things to worry about, but like PBS is really a PBS safe is bet. But plastic. yeah, it's crazy that. And wow. then you think of it from a business standpoint, it's like the more views they have, the more ad dollars they yes. get. They sold this as a company. This isn't just an entertainment thing. This is like, how do we get more views? You get more views by creating stimulating Dang. content. Children get addicted, bada bing, bada boom. Wow. That is so heartbreaking. Isn't that wild?
0: It's oh. heartbreaking because they don't have the choice. Mm-hmm. You know, kids I don't know, know what's going on and they don't have the choice to participate or understand what's happening. And that's a brain addiction.
2: Absolutely it you is. You know, it's a
0: mm. it's a physical addiction. Yeah,
2: it's actually scary. There's
0: like some drama with Teletubbies too.
2: I don't know that <laughs> Tell me one. more. Yeah. I'll <laughs> tell you.
0: I'll, I'll remember what it was, but there's some like weird things about
2: Teletubbies. There's some like weird <laughs> subliminal messaging and things too. Yes. For sure.
0: Yeah. For sure. Did anyone
1: watch Zubilee Zoo? No. No. Was it weird? No, it was was amazing. It had, you remember Ben Vereen? No. Nope. (laughs) All righty. I guess I know what we're watching tonight. (laughs) Ladies, Uh, ladies. Uh, ladies.
2: I love lamb chops. Lamb chops. Sing along,
1: come on in, <laughs> <laughs> sing your song. <laughs> it was like uh, Lamb Chop on PBS was like the, I the biz. Uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse, which was a little, yeah, a little,
0: little dicey. You know what? Though, my sister and I often when talk there's an about older man, it's like I'm good. yeah.
2: Well, we often talk about because we're like, <laughs> oh, we have all these ideals of like organic parenting, yes. like in the fields frolicking. We do live that life a lot mm-hmm. when we're up north. But we often tease my mom because I'm like, we watched a lot of TV. And my sister was like, Mom, I remember when you limited my consumption to six hours a day. And I was so angry. I mean, we watched <laughs> a lot of TV. And like, six we, you know, hours? I mean, literally, like my sister that was watched Pocahontas every single day for oh, yeah. months. And I was like, a full movie? And she was like twice in a day. Like, <laughs> and, and it's funny because my parents were insane parents and like all of us kids turned out really good. So whenever me and my sister start like doubting like, oh, is this okay? We're like, well, we turned out all right. <laughs> yeah. And like we knew the whole TGIF Sorry thing up, So the we're TJF, okay. <laughs> no, TGIF, <the> t- Someone <laughs> yeah. goes,
0: you remind me of Sabrina or Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I was Melissa like, that's hilarious. Joan <laughs> Melissa Joan <Hart, laughs> baby. <so> Family <laughs> Matters.
2: Full House. Full, Full House. house. Yep. Sabrina. Yep. The Suzanne Summers one. Yeah. Step by step. Step by step. Step by
0: step. Boy Meets World. Boy Meets (laughs) World. Boy Meets World. Mm -hmm. Oh
2: my God. Your sister.
0: I love her. Yeah. She's She's amazing. She's pregnant.
2: She's pregnant. How does that? (gasps) So she. Okay. So here's the funny. So we're all very like open in my family about like ovulation and Mm -hmm. cycles and the moon. And I had passed along all of my like ovulation tracker. Like basically as soon as Quinn came out, I was like, take it all. I'm done. As a, no more as a door, No more. Okay. All done. Ship has sailed. Out. <laughs> Over now. And, and so the day I brought Quinn home from the hospital, I knew my sister was supposed to get her period. So I was like, Kater, did you take your pregnancy test yet? And she was like, No. I'm like you know, I no. I I think I'm. I think I ovulated late this month. So then, a couple minutes later, I was like. If you're not telling me because I have a brand new baby in my arms and you don't want to spoil today. This isn't about me. Tell me what happened. And she's like, "Oh my god, I took the test like 2 hours ago." <laughs> like and like she was freaking out. So Aww. it was really special because I was like, "No, no, no. This is only going to like joy upon joy. This is not about like whose moment is what is. This is so freaking cool." So, um I'm very excited to watch her become a mom and for her to kind of understand what I've been going through the last couple years, and I'm also excited to give her all the things. Like, literally, as we, like, are getting out of baby clothes and stuff, I'm like, take this and I get to see your kiddo in this. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's been really special. And I wasn't ever sure if we would overlap in this way because she's six years younger than me, and so… Part of me too is like you know the season of waiting for us. And now it's like cool like our kids are going to be less than a year apart and that's going to be oh, really yes fine.
1: cousins cousins baby yeah mm-hmm. I love seeing you and your fam yeah, like yeah. your parents your grandparents it's, it's really really rare. rare and special and just like a really good reminder you yeah. know and I know that not all families look the same yeah. and not everyone has their parents or grandparents around but the people that you do call family yeah. I just feel like you anytime I catch that on social, I'm like, oh, that's so, such a good reminder of what, what is important as far as that relationship goes and pouring into that and just being present for that. Yes. I forget what I was listening to. I was listening to something and they were talking about seeing their parents and how it's kind of not morbid, but if you think about, (laughs) no, no, but like if you think about how many years you have left and then how many times a year you see them. Say you see your parents three times a year. Yeah. And then how many years you have left, do the math. And it's like, wait, could I be seeing them a couple more times a year? Yeah. I don't know. I just like, that made me really think and how much energy I'm focusing on. Like, oh, this is an inconvenience or this Mm -hmm. is blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm busy, mm, I'm busy, I'm busy. Am I going to think that when they're not there? So how has your family just kept you… Yeah, it kept you grounded, I guess, through just all of the transitions and success. Yeah. And how do they, like, support you?
2: It's so cool. I wish my—I really want my parents to write a parenting book. I would die at whatever my dad would—whatever would come out of his mouth. <laughs> I literally have no idea. They're like six <gasps> hours uh, of TV. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty are. much it. <laughs> uh, no, they are, like, literally insanely incredible. And one of the coolest things about having children now is seeing my parents with my children and imagining oh. the years that I don't remember right? Like seeing my dad loves babies. And Drew and I took our first trip away from both of them. And my dad literally did the middle of the night feedings with Quinn. And like I got home and he's like, here's her schedule. Here's how she likes the bottle. And like, I was like, okay, she's my, (laughs) got it. Uh, You were with her two days, but it was so cool because I was like, man, like to see that because I don't remember those days, obviously. But what's really beautiful about my family, so I have an older brother, younger sister, and we are all very successful. I will say that with pride. And we're all very different. And it's kind of like the like 50% identical, 50% opposite. Like there are so many things because of our shared experiences or our shared personalities or the traits. We are very alike, but there are so many things about us that are like, what planet are mm-hmm. you on? And um, we celebrate each other. Like nothing is too small to celebrate. And I love that because it's like writing a book is a really freaking big deal, but so is turning in two weeks notice or, you know, like hiring another person or whatever. And we're all entrepreneurs, which is wild. My parents were not entrepreneurs at all. Mm -hmm. My mom was a nurse. My dad worked at a paper mill. And so it's really cool to see like the entrepreneurial spirit. We have that like in common, but we all do it very differently. And I just, our family text thread is like my favorite and it pumps every day. And it's like, Just joy Hmm. and real. And we're not afraid to ask ourselves like the hard things. And yeah, so it's like we're really walking through life together. And I love that. And I value that. And to your point, too, of like how often you see your family and stuff, it's like so many of us like go out in pursuit of our dreams or do these things so that we have more freedom so that we can prioritize our values. And we say things are our values, but when you look at your calendar or your conversation— Oftentimes they don't line up. And I think that's where we're kind of living with that like struggle or pressure, like feeling like we're not enough because we're not actually like living into the value.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yes, 100%.
0: My last question. What's your ideal good life right now? Like how would you define success for yourself right
2: now? I really want to get this book out into the world. And it's weird because I never, I always thought books were Mm -hmm. a big ego play. I mean, they kind of can be. Yes, but I was just like, "Why do people do this?" And I remember, like, <laughs> I don't know. I mm-hmm. I care so much about people being touched by it in a way that, like, I couldn't understand, like, with a depth and like a ferocity of, like, where I catch myself being like, "Why? Why am I doing all this work right now?" It's because I care so much about it. And I believe in it. Mm -hmm. And like, it is, I mean, it is my best work today. And I say that just like, I like, am really proud of myself. But the good life right now is like getting this book out into the world, but like bringing the people who like helped make it possible on the journey with me. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, if you say that, Writing a book is like birthing a baby. Like there are doulas in my life all around Mm. me, reminding me to breathe and to like Mm. not push too hard and to take it slow and to like. I want it to be just like the celebration of the process, but also the stories Mm. and the years that made the stories possible. And as I'm like hearing people's takeaways and things like, I'm like, oh, like someone was like this one line. Like changed my life, and I was like, I didn't think twice about that line, mm-hmm. but it's like cool to see how people interpret it and like what they take away from it. And so it is really wild to me, like how much I care about it, but I just can't wait to see it like have its wings and get out into the world. Yeah, weird. I, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a- That's
0: how it should be. Yeah,
2: and it reflects. It feels good. Yeah, yeah, it feels really good.
1: It tells me about your like genuine passion for that process and yeah. like really pouring your heart into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would do it Not everyone writes again. their
2: books. I'll say it. Yeah. I'll say it. She you said know what was it. funny is when I did my <laughs> audiobook it. like it went really fast because they were like, it's gonna take like four days. And I was like, give me like two. Yeah. And uh afterwards I like asked the editor or whatever. And I was like, oh, that was really fun. Yeah. Like I really loved it. And she was like, that's because you wrote it. Yes. And she was like, you would not believe how many audio, because she, this woman produces like hundreds of audiobooks a year. And she was like, you wouldn't believe how many people sit down at a mic and they're like, I would have never said that. Or like, this wasn't right. Or like, I, I need to call. This wasn't, yeah. And I was like, whoa. And I was like, what percentage of people like actually write their books? And she was like, I would say 60% have a ghostwriter, 40% actually are in the work i'm not surprised
0: wow wow
2: which is crazy and here's what i would challenge your listeners is like next time you read any book i hope it's mine but next time you read any book read the acknowledgments when i became an author Mm. or in the process of writing the book i read a lot i love reading and Mm -hmm. i read just for fun like i don't read i can't read the nerdy stuff And I I always read the acknowledgments, and there are so many people that go into the process, and it's wild because the author's name is the one on the cover, but there are so Mm. many people from editors to agents to publishers to the person that designed the cover to the person that shot the bio photo to the like, Mm. and it's beautiful because it's like there is that chapter in my book like where one plus one equals a million. It's like when we keep coming together for Mm. the mission. It's made possible. So it, it's my words and my story, but like, man, there were people behind me every step of the way, and it's so cool.
1: It is so cool.
2: It is so cool. The title, so you too.
1: Mm-hmm. You want to hear how we landed? Mm-hmm. On yes, this? yes. Please. I actually wrote
2: down. I was like, title. Do you want to hear other titles that we yes, had throughout all the process? <laughs> I kind of want to like guess. <laughs> uh, you got any ideas? You're gonna die at this. Work meets one the womb. No, but I mean, womb meets good. the word. So the first title, the first working title, because I actually laughed because I have a folder with like, so the first title was enriched and I actually really liked that title still mm. because someone had said to me, "They if you read my book, actually in the epilogue is the epilogue is my favorite part of the book because it's talking about this mm. massage therapist and how the whole book came to be. Mm. It's a really weird story. And she uh, said to me like, you're going to empower so many people through this book. And then she goes, no, no, no. Empower isn't the right word you're going to enrich the lives of people through this book. And I loved the word enrich because it was like, empower kind of signifies that we've lost the power somewhere. And I don't really think we, but enrich. So the first working title was enriched. Then it was close your eyes because it was like all about like coming home to yourself, Mm. which is a great theme in the book. And I remember I was getting (laughs) my hair cut and I like told my hairstylist, like the, I think we're going to call the book, close your eyes. And just like, oh, that sounds like a, like a horror <laughs> <laughs> Like, close your eyes. And like the monster. And I was like, I'm like oh, it's ruined. And I was like, this is why people don't tell people their babies' names before the babies are born. But I was like, thank God for that feedback. She's like, oh, that sounds scary. And like, I was like, like, crazy. I'm like, I don't know if it's my trauma, but like, and then what? Yes! <laughs> like, I literally think I'm like, and wars, we, were, we were like visualizing like, it has to be like this. Some people like, ah. so that was the book title number two. You. And then it was literally <laughs> 10 days before Quinn was born. And, and you guys, I suck at naming things. Like, my first course was named the Jenna Kutcher Course. <laughs> I literally had mugs made with, like, JK Course. And, like, I mean, I I couldn't name my children for, like, days. Like, we were in the hospital, and they're like, you need to name your child before you leave. Uh, and it was, it was days before Quinn was born. Everything's due. We're finally, like, the title is the last thing. And I was voice texting people to get help because I was like, Mm. I don't know what to name. I literally Mm. don't know. And I kept describing it. And I was like, it's the difference in a conversation when you get past the how are you and like you feel safe enough to answer the question like, how are you really? And I kept saying that. And then someone was like, why don't you just call it? How are you really? I was like, really? And then I was like, I got to sit on this because it wasn't like what I pictured. Mm. And then it was perfect. I fucking Dang. love it. I love it too, and I couldn't I, believe it, it, it
0: wasn't taken. Yes, that's what I thought too. I was like, "How is this not a whole thing?" Yes. I know.
2: So, because it's like a whole. It is. It's a vibe mm-hmm. brand. It's an energy. It's a whole. It's a it's whole, whole brand.
0: <laughs> the whole vibe. It's like a whole like They're merch great. line. Yeah. yeah. Oh like a whole like be. dad hat line. Yeah. Uh-huh. We'll be affiliates. Can you help? Yeah, can you <laughs> help me with that? I got you. <laughs> we'll do the best. We'll be your affiliates. Oh, we'll package the merch. Thank yeah. got that? Thank you.
1: This was so fun. Thank I'm so grateful you me. came in person. Thank you. I excited to hang. I know. We thank you thank you get guys. more time. The, yes. the book is out today. Yes, the today. Book is out today.
2: Release, 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 release.
1: All right. Well, this won't be the last time. I feel like no. we have many more yes. to do. I want to yeah. come to your
2: house. Can yeah. you? Yes. That'd be great. Do you want to all try to fit in my closet so we can record something? Yes. Um, actually, <laughs> no <done>. No work.
0: <laughs> yeah, No, <laughs> that true, no work. That's true, actually. Yeah, that's no true. No work. Okay. <laughs> I
2: Honestly, it's like
0: your places are like my dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was invited. Like the okay. woods. Do it. Okay, guys. Go get the book. We'll yes. see you soon. We love you. Love Bye. You much. Bye. Thank you so much, Jenna. Again, the book is How Are You Really? You can go to howareyoureallybook.com and then you can go to jennacutcher.com. You can find her on Instagram at jennacutcher and then you can find her podcast, Gold Digger Podcast.
1: And thank you to our sponsors for this episode. As always, if you're new to the pod, we just are master vetters. We bring you brands we love and use ourselves. You can find all discount information in our show notes or on almost30.com along with all of our other partners. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We will see you on the next episode.
0: We'll see you soon. Bye.